0: Hey everyone, Becky from the SHIFT team here, and we're back with a new mini-episode to help everyone with some quick listens to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Principles of Dynamic Stabilisation of the Shoulder This week's mini-podcast episode is a sneak peek of one of last year's SHIFT symposiums guest lectures, Principles of Dynamic Stabilisation of the Shoulder. Presented by Mike Reynold, co founder of Champion Physical Therapy and Performance. Mike is a physical therapist, athletic trainer, strength and conditioning coach, and performance enhancement specialist.
1: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to my presentation on the principles of dynamic stabilization of the shoulder. Before we get started, I just wanted to say a really big thank you to Dave Tilly and everybody involved in this First Shift Symposium. It's truly an honor to be a part of this great faculty and to be participating in such a neat event. All these great speakers and presentations, I'm sure we're all going to learn a lot today. That being said, I do want to make sure that everybody... Gives a big thanks to the people behind the scenes that have put this together as there is a ton of work. I've seen Dave working hard on this for months, and I'm sure everybody in his team shares that excitement that we're finally at the symposium today. So again, thank you to Dave and everybody else involved for putting this together. It's really an honor to be here. I currently have no disclosures. My name is Mike Reinold. I am a physical therapist. I'm an athletic trainer. I am a strength and conditioning coach, but I am also the owner of Champion PT and Performance, and I get to work side-by-side side with Dave Tilley every day and get to see some of the amazing things that he does with gymnasts and a variety of other different people and athletes as well. My particular background is more in the sports medicine world involving baseball. While I deal with a lot of baseball pitchers, they tend to have a ton of shoulder problems, right? Because throwing a baseball is not the best activity for you, right? So I see a lot of people with loose shoulder joints that require a precise amount of dynamic stabilization to be able to use their arm and function accordingly. So, for me, I think this will have some very obvious implications for gymnasts as well because they share a very uh similar profile of their extremity where there is an excessive amount of range of motion and mobility in a joint that is required by the body to be able to stabilize to function properly. So while I do work with a lot of baseball players, like I said, I do get to work side by side with Dave every day and I get to see some of the amazing gymnasts and athletes that he works with. So I understand a lot about what they do each and every day when they're training hard in the gym or they're rehabilitating from an injury that they may have occurred. So now that we got that out of the way, let's talk a little bit more specific about what to do with dynamic stabilization of the shoulder. We all know that shoulder injuries are common, especially in athletes that use their arm overhead, especially ones that use it at end range, at fast velocities that even include loading, such as weight-bearing environments that we see in gymnastics. So it's really common for these types of athletes to have shoulder injuries. What we see is this constant battle between mobility and stability. It's really an exceptional joint, the shoulder joint, because it is allowed to do so many different functional activities, but because of this luxury and the amount of range of motion that it can occur, it is constantly battling between being nice and stable and being loose enough to be able to perform the activities that we're trying to accomplish. So we see a variety of people, right? Here's a typical high school cheerleader, gymnast type person that you can tell has a lot of hyperlaxity of her shoulder, right? Shoulder's not supposed to do that. She's not supposed to be able to, you know, do that with her arms, right? So you can see the amount of stress that happens with the joint where she almost has to sublux in and out and obviously has a Beautiful dismount there to to showcase her range of motion. But when you see an athlete like that, you realize that anytime that they have any deficits in strength or maybe endurance, right? Then what's going to happen is they're gonna have a really hard time keeping that shoulder joint stable so that way they can perform. So imagine if you have that person, and if everything's going great, and they perform some functional activities like this, maybe an overhead squat, a snatch, whatever it may be, you can see that they'll have no problem the majority of time if they're nice and strong and stable like this athlete. But again, if you add in an, uh, extreme repetitions and range of motion and force velocity profiles, you have more and more chances of sustaining an injury. Luckily, though, I'm going to break down the shoulder and the way we dynamically stabilize in a very simple way, because I don't think it needs to be complicated. Sometimes we worry too much about the different pathologies or the different diagnosis that you may have with the shoulder joint, when realistically, the majority of our athletes will do quite well if we just understand these five keys to shoulder dynamic stability, especially when you're dealing with somebody with pain or dysfunction. And we're gonna go over each one of these, but the first one is understanding the unique anatomy of the shoulder. The shoulder is a very unique joint, and we're gonna go over the specifics of that so you can see that, but you have to understand how the shoulder is formed anatomically. Once you understand that, you have to understand how it functions. So now you have to understand the mechanics of the shoulder and how that operates during different movements and different uh, activities within the shoulder. Then when we, we understand the basis of the shoulder, then we can start talking about what, what, how we would treat people differently depending on the source of their shoulder pain. And then finally, we'll get to the really key components here is restoring mobility and control of the shoulder because they're very important in most of our athletes. So key number one, again, is understanding the unique anatomy of the shoulder. The shoulder is a very exciting joint because it gets to do so much, but because of that, oftentimes it's susceptible to injury. So when we break down the anatomy, we can see that we have different layers that we'll talk about, okay? We have the bones, we have the labrum, we have the capsule and the ligaments, and then finally the muscles and how they all interact. And to me, I think I wish it was a simple joint that just moved back and forth, but it's not. It has almost 360 degrees of complete freedom of movement in so many different planes of motion. So you have to understand that when you break down the anatomy of the joint, it starts superficially with the muscles. And we have the large muscle groups that you can see here. You can see the deltoid. This is a very big muscle group on the lateral aspect of the shoulder. And you have the trapezius muscle here, okay? The lat or the latissimus dorsi down here. And you see these big muscle groups are the prime movers of the joint, where they elevate the arm, maybe they little retract. In the front, we'll have the pectoralis that actually works for uh, protraction-retraction with the, with the trap. And then the lat and the, the um, uh, uh, various muscle groups that in, are involved with the shoulder extension of the joint. So what happens with these big muscle groups is they're the primary movers that move the joint. But underneath, we have to deal with some of the stabilizing muscles. And you can see now, when we break down and peel off that top layer of the larger muscle groups, there are so many different small stabilizing muscles of the joint. And to me, I think this really represents the the fine restrictive movements that have to happen in the shoulder. If you have this many small muscle groups Groups that are trying to control the shoulder joint, then I think what's gonna happen is you're gonna always have this, this fine balance between the large primary movers and these small stabilizers. So in this position now we have our rotator cuff and this is the posterior rotator cuff. So this is the infraspinatus, this is the teres minor, and then the supraspinatus on top. In the front, you'll also have the subscapularis, but again, it's putting these big prime movers together with these shoulder stabilizers. Now notice all these other little muscle groups that attach to the scapula. Right, So we have our our, uh, our small stabilizing muscles, not only of the rotator cuff, but also the scapula. When you put those all together, they're, they're, again, a combination of the prime movers of the joint, as well as the stabilizers of both the scapula to the thorax, as well as the rotator cuff. So basically the humerus to the glenoid. And when you put that all together, it really operates well. Now on the inside when we talk about stability, the first thing we kinda talk about here is the bones and the joints and the capsule and the ligaments and we put those all together. You can see here now in this joint right here we have a capsule and this is a representation of one of the ligaments, the posterior ligament of the joint. What happens here is these 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 finite structures have to keep that ball and so- socket joint together as the arm moves. And that's a real complex event that has to occur because of the amount of freedom. So this capsule right here with the ligaments that are attached really have to keep that, that ball and, and socket joint together. It's a very complicated task. And then finally underneath, we have the joint itself, so the ball and the socket. And I think... Representation of this that most people kind of tend to talk about oftentimes is that the ball and socket joint of the shoulder is almost like like Pac-Man eating a, a pellet, right? For those that remember Pac-Man, I guess I'm starting to get a little old and maybe dating myself, but you can see here we, we oftentimes think of it as the ball and socket, where this is the ball, so the shoulder joint, and this is the socket, which is essentially the glenoid of the scapula. But unfortunately, it's not really like Pac-Man. It's actually the exact opposite of Pac-Man, where This represents stability, a little teeny small ball within a large socket, when in reality, the shoulder is probably more like a golf ball on a tee, where you have the ball of the joint and the socket of the glenoid and very, very misrepresented together. It is very easy for the shoulder to come in and out of the joint because of this lack of congruency of the joint right? So we have a very large ball and a very small socket. This is a very good representation of what the shoulder really looks like on the inside.
0: If you want to hear the rest of this lecture, you can access it on the shift website. The 2023 shift symposium runs from Friday, June 23rd to Sunday, June 25th, where you can learn everything you need to know about gymnastics, medical care, gymnastics, coaching, and gymnastics strength and conditioning. So don't miss out. Head over to shiftmovementscience.com